Hey everyone, it's Gabby and Danny and Manny and you're listening to Oye, Let's Talk. Hola mi gente, it's June and that means it's Pride Month, which means it is a time to celebrate and educate and to do that, Oye, Let's Talk have brought on some special podcast hosts to help us celebrate and educate the listeners who may have a few questions about this month, about what's cool and what's not. I would love to welcome the guest of podcast. Y'all, why don't why don't you tell them who you are? So hi everyone. My name is Anthony. I use they, them, or he, him pronouns. And I'm Angel. I use he, him pronouns. Welcome. We're so excited to have you here. We're very excited to be here, um, especially because we've only done one podcast and y'all invited us to come. And this is really <laughs> exciting because we're going to learn a lot from you all um, in terms of podcast podcast creators. Um, but this is really exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited for like the conversation. It feels like, I don't know, it's so nice to be like, we had one episode and y'all already like, call us up. We got a gig. <laughs> we you know we saw you guys and we knew immediately we're like we want people who we're comfortable with to have this conversation and that's we really want to have this conversation with you guys and if you didn't know their podcast is on spotify right now and wherever else you listen to podcasts i'm assuming and it, the first episode's really funny so that's why i was like okay anthony full disclaimer he went to uf with us and now we're meeting angel for the first time so angel shout out to you for talking to strangers like <laughs> super <Period>. trusting <laughs> one of you guys tell me how to pronounce it because i am having a hard time and is what it like it a is long and what it is and how i it can't came about. i can't do it i can't can't do it so the the name of our podcast is or podcast because there was a girl that created a tiktok anthony was it a tiktok yes it was a tiktok originally um it was the uh, visco girl and she it was a cultural reset honestly for everyone wow yeah it was that a cultural deep, reset huh? i didn't was not aware <laughs> Maybe you have to get on TikTok for a one second to see the video, but it's um it's skuskuska because the girl was like skuskuska and I oop and I oop and it became a whole thing on Twitter. Um, it was really cool for people to like make it kind of a thing. So people were saying like in a form of like laughter, kind of like how Brazilians use k k k k k k k. Um, it's kind of funny to just say. Um, so anytime I'm like laughing now or talking to any of my friends, I'm just like. But more recently, I've done that because um, of the podcast and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. So if you were questioning it, when y'all read it, it's going to make more sense when you listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so on that note, you two are roommates, but we want to get to know both of you and how you two actually met each other. How did you get to this point? Um, so Angel and I were fated to meet um, because we're both Aquarius sons. And from there, I love um, that people that don't intro. get astrology get with it. But we actually met through work, so we both work for a local health center uh, here in Boston that serves LGBTQ plus folks. I wouldn't call it a local health center because it's a well, it's a world-renowned LGBTQ health center that's put out information on how to take care of medical, like how to do medical care for trans individuals and how to care for uh, gay men and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they have like an educational center that's nationally known for all these kinds of things. So it's not necessarily just a local like health center. It's a big health center. And we, me and Anthony met there. Um, he works in data. I work in prevention. 
Um, we're actually both we're actually both from South Florida. We grew up in Broward County. Um, I'm Venezuelan born to a Colombian mom and grew up in in Hallandale, Florida. Um, I went to FIU and moved up here for a master's program. Now I'm stuck working in um, preventing HIV and STIs at Fenway Health. And then for me, and then for me, I'm Colombian American. I grew up in South Florida along with Angel, and I work on the data and evaluation team for supportive programs for people living with HIV and AIDS. So it's just been it's like as Angel said, thank you for clocking me earlier because like right, I feel like I I am selling our organization short. Like they do a lot of incredible work. I think both locally and systemically. So I think it is important to recognize that. So basically, Angel is like, hold up, Anthony, we're big time. Because y'all sound legit. <laughs> no, I mean, it is. If you look it up, we like it's the only community health center that is included in um, HIV vaccine trials, um, which is a big thing because we haven't had a vaccine for HIV and it's been 30 years. We came out with a COVID vaccine within nine months. So we have separate we have a lot of different departments that do a lot of work and they've sued like the united states of america so like if you want to get into that we casual can, we can casual <laughs> oh my gosh oh, yeah. no facts like y'all if you're listening to this we'll probably share some resources for you so you can become more familiar but i think now that we know our guests a little bit better we kind of want to know more also about the lgbtq plus community and you two seem to serve it um, why don't you inform our listeners what LGBT even stands for? I did want to give a quick disclaimer as like we talk about identity terms. I think it's important to really recognize that these are like self-identifying and it's not meant to be like as a way for people to like see behavior or expression and then impose a label on them just because someone might engage in a certain behavior or identify or express themselves in a certain way doesn't mean that we can ascribe a label to them, right? Like it's meant to be more like giving language and giving a way for people to navigate their own identity and to give space for that. So I just yeah. wanted to like do a quick disclaimer there. No, yeah, I love for... that. Before we continue, like, can you just like dumb it down, like put it in layman's terms for our listeners. So if you're basically saying that it's not my right to identify someone as a lesbian or as gay because of how I think they're acting. Like right? you label yourself, like the way you want to be perceived, mm -hmm. right? Right, like exactly. you wouldn't walk, you wouldn't walk up to someone who appears trans and be like, "Oh, you're a trans person." Like, don't do that. Um, mm -hmm. There's also the, like, and like this is a really common thing that happens. There's a lot of men who are, for example, in the closet or down low, and they might not identify as gay, but because of their behavior, society would call them gay. But they might just be men who have sex with men, which is a common term that I use in my in my work. Um, men who have sex with men, they might not consider themselves gay. You can't call them gay because they're they don't consider themselves gay, um, but they have sex with other men. So, men who have sex with men, women who have sex with women, men who have sex with women are are considered heterosexual. Um, and I think that's as simple as it can get. No, yeah, thank you I, for that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like it's like what you do doesn't necessarily define who you are. So I think it's important to make that huge distinction there. So these terms. Starting with L. <laughs> so um, lesbian can be used as like an adjective or noun. It's a sexual orientation, describes uh, folks who are women uh, who are primarily emotionally and physically attracted to other women. That's like the baseline version that we can put it down to. I don't know, if, Angel, if you want to talk about being gay. Uh, if I'm not gay and you're not gay, 
than the transcribing bus. <laughs> um, gay is an adjective, a sexual orientation that describes people who are primarily emotionally and physically attracted to people of the same sex or gender um, as themselves. So that would be anyone who considers himself a man who has sex with men or it likes men or is attracted to men. That could also be a woman who's attracted to a woman. Um, and it can honestly probably go a little bit further than that if we get into it, but um, we're not going to do that. It, it would be correct to say a gay woman. That's still correct. It doesn't have to be a gay man. Yeah, for the most mm -hmm. part. It's, it's not specific to only men. Which right. is interesting because I feel like, or the way I was taught, you know, within whatever you consider society norms or what may have you, is that gay was like specifically toward that gender, the male gender, and then right. lesbians were exclusively to females, if that right. makes sense. But it's it's interesting because my Hispanic family, like, they would use it interchangeably, like gay couple it didn't matter if it was a woman or a man, but in English, it was always like very gender exclusive, or at least that's the way I was taught. So that's that's good that you clarified that. Yeah, no, that makes total that makes that makes total sense. Um, in the sense that like, right, languages are completely different. Um, Latinx for the for as an example, like that's completely different. The way you use that in English is not necessarily the same way you can use it in Spanish, because sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, so gay, uh, una pareja gay, a gay couple could be two different things depending on the language. Bueno, I feel like a lot of people, um, understand the B in LGBT, but can you all explain a little bit more about like bisexuality and I guess more than just a definition, but educate our listeners on what that means in not just society, but within the LGBTQ plus community. Traditionally, like, uh, it's been a term to describe folks, uh, a person who's emotionally and physically attracted to both women and females or men and males, but uh, like that tends to be a, like a really binary approach to only think about men and women. So I think a more, a more modern use of it or what people have been doing more recently is just like seeing bisexuality as being attracted to someone who might be the ge same gender as me or the same gender as someone or a different gender and seeing it that way. If there's someone who might identify might identify as a bisexual woman, then they might be attracted to someone who might also identify as a woman and then also be attracted to other genders as well. So it doesn't need to be like, it still kind of feels like a weird binary approach, but it's a more inclusive way of like navigating that, right? So it's just it, like the best way I can kind of like boil it down is like, I'm attracted to someone who might identify the same as me or identifies differently as me. Correct. No, that's so you, super simplified. So you guys took the, I mean, instead of changing the word, you guys have just kind of like updated on what to be for the word to be more inclusive mm -hmm. and make it less and, binary. And so, and Correct. some people might still go by the definition of, oh, I'm attracted to both men and women, right? I think the usage can kind of be fluid depending on the person who wants, who, who's using it and what, what that term means to them. Like some people have expressed to me, like I intentionally use this term because it has political meaning to me. And so like, I think it depends really on the person, but I think these are like more so like the, like these terms and these words are more so just like ways to navigate, like, like to, again, to put language to like identity. Got it. So Angel, why don't you touch upon the T? So T is 
Uh, for transgender, it usually describes a person whose gender identity and sex assigned at birth do not correspond based on traditional expectations. So for example, a person assigned female sex at birth who identifies as a man or a person assigned male sex at birth who identifies as a woman. Um, transgender can also include people with gender identities outside the girl slash woman and boy slash man gender binary structure. So transgender um, to some extent is also an umbrella term and correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony, um, but it, you can be, it's essentially anybody who identifies other than the uh, sex that they were born with. Um, so if you are, you were assigned male at birth um, and you now identify as someone who is non-binary, so you don't uh, veer any direction um, in terms of gender, then you are considered trans. Um, and the same goes for people that are born female um, or assigned female at birth. That works out so well. Like, I think you all did a great job with just the regular terminology. But now going to college and stuff, I learned that there's LGBTQ plus and then the plus was always changing. So I want to touch upon what the Q and the plus mean as well. Thank you all for guiding us, by the way. Um, <laughs> we're here to do it again. And, and if there's any other terms that might not be known or that you think might be added onto the spectrum as well, because it seems like this is an ongoing, continuous, you know, we can't really put a label to everything, right? But but to make it easier on on everyone, I would say they're, they're trying to keep adding onto it, so... It's mm -hmm. funny because it's funny because some people call it like the the alphabet mafia or like the alphabet gang, but like people don't like that because it's associated with like negative connotations and That's stuff cool. like that. But like the fact that it's like LGBTQIA plus, people are like the alphabet soup, um, which is really fun. <laughs> which is a really fun way to to think about it, but like kind of making fun of it. So it's like, eh. Um, I mean, but the go ahead. I know. I was just gonna say, like, le like, right, like, as a society changes over time, like, so does our language, right? And so, like, as there are more and more queer and trans people that are out and about and able to affirm their their own identities, so do the terms that people use to identify with. So, like, even within even within the the larger LGBT LGBTQ plus communities, right? Like, language is still evolving. Like, people are still finding new terms to be able to figure out what feels best to them. And so even people, and, and I was going to say people even in the LGBT community still don't identify or know what non-binary means or what transgender means exactly, or they still use um, problematic language. So it's constant learning and constant evolution of things, right? Mm -hmm. So back to the Q+, plus. where do we stand now? <laughs> so the Q, yeah. the, the Q has historically meant for queer, it's it means queer, um, which it, again is another umbrella term for anyone, um, who thinks of their sexual orientation or gender identity as outside of the societal norm. Um, a lot of people attribute it to bad things like being called a queer back in back in the day. There are some people who consider it um political. Um, so for example, like I would consider myself a queer human being because like I usually fight for the people that um do not are not at the top um it's usually for empowerment um but it's still offensive a bit at the end of the day but if you're within a group of people that are queer i feel like it's not offensive what do you think anthony yeah i mean i i also identify as a queer person and i think for me like it's 
been historic, like right as Angel was saying, like historically used as a slur towards queer and folks who don't conform to societal norms. But now more of the movement nowadays has been let's reclaim this term, let's have it mean something different to us. And then from there, like people within our community can use it. And so like it's shifted from more of like a slur and as a way to disempower people to a way to a way for the larger community to empower themselves. And so I think it's important to note, like, right, what we talked about earlier with identity terms, like some people, especially LGBTQ plus elders, might just be like, no, I don't like that term. Like, it's not for me. I, I had negative connotations with it. And so it's, it's important to recognize and validate those feelings as well. I feel like I've learned so much in just the past <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Wait, so I have a question. So is the, the, the term queer an umbrella term for everything else? Mm-hmm. It yeah, could essentially. Okay. Okay. Very cool. I love using the word. I love using the word queer for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but so I have a question. So w- would you find it offensive if somebody who didn't know you said like, oh, you know, they are queer or would you be okay with it because you yourself identify with it? Like, I, I want to know where people where there's like the fine line where oh you don't know me you know we've never spoken in person you're being judgmental versus maybe that is the way I identify myself does that make sense yeah like the I guess trying to be considerate and trying to be respectful without crossing the line right right so right so one thing about language right is how you use your tone so right if someone comes up to me and you're like you're an effing queer why are you here like right it depends on how they're coming to me and how they come off but if someone I know that might look queer to me might like right and me identifying someone else as queer that's 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 funny but like if someone (laughs) comes up to me like oh like are you queer i thought you were like really cool looking at you look queer to me i would be like hell yeah i'm queer what's up (laughs) gotcha so what about if someone comes up like from the curious side like some obviously you just described someone who's probably more comfortable but someone who's like hey i was just wondering like what who do you like or how would you identify oh, beating around the bush yeah like, or like you know some a stranger being curious or assuming i'm just thinking of like i have examples of my mind of i've seen people doing that and it's very yeah. cringeworthy but yeah beyond like, navigating- i want to introduce you to my friend but uh give me a hint <laughs> I mean, it depends on the person, right, and how comfortable they are with coming out all the time. So, like, I personally, like, not that I, I don't think I walk and talk queer all the time, but I definitely um, have no shame in being a queer individual. So, like, I'll be like, and then they'll be like, they'll say it back and I'll be like, all right, where's your friend, you know? <laughs> are you calling this wow. as a way for us to identify each other yeah you guys are making it sound like a call now like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony, think... you know most most people most queer folk know what's oh absolutely like i'm like mm, okay i gotta go but i think to i think to angel's point i think it's like really context dependent i feel like i would be like for me personally i'd be like oh what do you ask like i would want to get that clarity from that person and if, it, if, they're, if it's from a place of, like, genuine curiosity and, like, wanting to get to know me as a person more, then, yeah, totally fine. But if it's, like, more to be, like, nosy or, like, invasive, then I feel like I would be, like, whose business is it? Why are you, why are you all doing my business? What's going well, on? Well, I'm going to clock you real quick, Anthony, because um, you, be wearing, you wear those shirts that have <laughs> the naked men on them. You say, like, the shirts usually say, like, end gender, which is fine, right? And, like, he usually has shirts that say, like, 
oh, queerly erectile dysfunction or something. <laughs> okay. Um, so yes, like, fuck me. honey, they know. They know about you. Maybe not <laughs> yeah. me, but maybe they know about you. <laughs> I think that's also because like, right, like I feel more comfortable expressing myself more openly as a queer person. Whereas like other folks like might, might be like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. I think it's like, it's very like, a lot of it is like personal, like it's always dependent on the context and how you're like what your relationship is to someone else, right? So listeners, if you've made it this far, here's a little recap right now. Basically, don't say thinking that you're in the community, like that's a no-no. Don't come at people. It it all depends on how you walk up to them, be nice. And three, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Navigate these things with sensitivity. That's all I've gathered from Anthony and Angel. And I also gathered don't come up to Angel's face because I know you can't see him, but he looking serious. Like, <laughs> someone you do not mess with. Um, now to just change gears a little bit, because you already kind of dived in a little bit about your experience and who you are. Um, we're here. We're all, I assume we all identify as Latinx. Correct me if I'm wrong. Beautiful. That period, 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 period. Yes. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of, we were thinking about like talking about how culture and personal experience and all of this like kind of coincides because while some people are going through this evolution and self-development, like there's other people growing up and not having any idea that this is going on. So if you all don't mind sharing some of your personal experience and then the Oya Let's Talk host will kind of talk about where where we first became acquainted with the lgbtq plus community as well and yeah we're just gonna have a great conversation listeners heads up it's gonna get deep yeah please i would love to hear what y'all where y'all found out about like the lgbtq community or just learn more about it so it was actually my sophomore year of college and i had to there i had to take a training for an ra class they make you take like this one semester class and in that class, one, one, one week was dedicated to just that. And I remember learning a bunch of these terms and seeing this graphic of where everything fell, like, you know, drag and uh, bisexuality or, you know, like all these different things that I was just like, I had, I didn't know even existed, like those terms had existed. So that was very interesting. And that was me in college. I feel like that was pretty like, I guess, late in my life to know that or, and I remember, I remember also, I just specifically remember you mentioned like the, the alphabet soup thing. And I remember like letters being added to the term, but that that's all about it. I want to point out that you were in a class about, you know, to prepare to be an RA and they give you one week to talk about LGBTQ like in stuff, right? It was so, actually like, one class. <laughs> Just it was one, one class, class, yeah, one class that taught you one week of stuff, right, right. <laughs> and you were, and you were supposed to know everything, and you were supposed wow. to know everything about the LGBT community, right, in that one week, right, right, um, right. So, yeah, go off, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Anyone I, else want to share? I want to say that I first heard the word like gay. Uh, probably in middle school and obviously as a derogatory thing like oh you're so gay or blah 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 and I remember asking my mom like what does this mean and like you know like I, I think for older parents my mom is like in her early 60s sorry mom I love you um, and as her first child I and me now having those conversations with her as an adult it was like why 
why are you so scared or like why can't why wasn't it like normalized and it's still not normalized where you teach kids you know that there is a whole spectrum that there's a whole community out there and it's okay if you're different and you know and I think in in her mind and in my parents mind it was like well you know when the time came there was no problem but I don't want you to think about any type of sexuality stuff when you're little was what I was taught but if you think about it, we're taught about sexuality and heterosexuality all the time with movies and boys kissing girls in elementary school. And so, you know, um, but I didn't I didn't know about the terminology like Manny until I want to say college, even though I did have an English teacher who was super cool in high school. Her name was um, my teacher, Miss Krieger. Awesome, awesome teacher. Um, and I remember we were I think we were juniors at the time and this was a class where we it was very thought provoking. And she would separate us into groups of like, you know, if you agreed with a topic, if you strongly agreed, if you disagreed and strongly disagreed. And it was the first time in my life that we talked about kids books, and how I didn't know that there were specific books geared toward children um, who are born within same sex couple households, you know, so there are books that talk about, you know, it's okay if you have two moms, it's okay if you have two dads. I ha I obviously like when I think about it now, it's like, well, duh, why wouldn't why wouldn't those books exist? But it's like me, you know, as a straight person, I was never exposed to any of this. And it was kind of like eye opening to me. Right. And in the traditional in the traditional Latina family, it's mom and dad. Right? Mm -hmm. Mama, mm -hmm. papa, or mommy, single mom or single dad or single mom or mm -hmm. single dad um and right like i i i don't know any latin latino families that are just that are a mom and a mom <laughs> so mm -hmm. i don't blame you for not knowing that um what i did want to say is that when you said gay in a derogatory term the first thing i thought about was that commercial with hillary duff where she's like <laughs> that's not cool why are, you saying, why are you using that word? I love Hillary Duff. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, we're like super stands of her. So the fact that you mentioned her right now, brownie points. She was, she was the queer activist of our time. She knew. Really? Seriously. Yes. I, I did like, not know that. And now it's Demi, right? Would you say it's Demi? Or like Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> no? <laughs> no? Did I just throw a bunch of bombs? Okay, bye. Back oh, out. Back out, Danny. Back out. <laughs> Are no. you see on Anthony and Angel screen? <laughs> no, wait, wait. It's, can we talk about her though? No, no. Let's, can we talk about Can we talk about Demi Lovato, please? Yes. For a second? Yes, Lovato. yes, yes. Let's dissect this. No, I'm, I'm here sorry. for it. No, I'm oh, here for it. I just want. I need to see that. the media. I just wanted to say that Demi Lovato came out as non-binary, and they go by they them pronouns. And someone on Twitter was like, "Demi Lovato." I, uh, I saw this. <laughs> I, I saw that. And I was like, I don't I don't know if I could I, how I should take this. <laughs> well, I call hey. Anthony my they them and Anthony changed their name to Aunt Demi. So Yes. <laughs> I will say about Caitlyn Jenner. She's still a Republican, so I don't fuck with her. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> literally against trans women from participating in sports. I was Dumb. like what? yeah. That's, I'm done. That's one. That's one instance where I'll be like, "Yeah, we're not like a monolith, right? Like, like there might be prominent queer people or queer and trans people in our community, but like not all of them are great people. Like, being queer doesn't make you a good person automatically, or being trans doesn't make you a good person automatically. Yeah, look at Rosie O'Donnell. Oh. 
The tea. The tea. So, so it doesn't necessarily make you more inclusive or more aware of wanting to expand rights, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, like I, like me, I like I'm I'm a non-binary person, and I feel like I still have the capacity to like do harm to other people. I can still like actively do harm to other people, even though I'm non-binary, right? Like. Or you can it, passively, you can passively do harm to other people, even in the sense of like not respecting someone's pronouns, on, like on accident. Like it's it's mm-hmm. normal. It's normal to have things that you know mistakes you make. So w- would you say within your own community, is there is there some sort of prejudice within your community? One hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Oh really? Oh my gosh. Spill the tea. All the, yeah. What? All, like from okay. the outside, I feel like exist? you guys are yeah. so united, or maybe that's just the way it seems because it's all uh, an alphabet soup. The way you described it. <laughs> yeah, please so, explain. There, there's so much colorism and racism mm. and phobia, like, and yeah, mm-hmm. so much. Wow. It's just like it's really it's interesting because like right as like as like people from the outside in might view us as a united united group or united community but really like there is some really big systemic issues right like based on queer activism in the past like right why do we still have so many black trans women dying every year right due to violence due to structural issues right like there's still so many issues and being queer or trans doesn't absolve us of them i don't know if angel has more to speak but yeah like even like through dating apps right like grinder is a big big dating app that's used prominently within like usually among a lot of like men who have sex with men there's a couple of trans women that might use that app gender non-binary gender non-conforming folks that use it but there's still like a lot of active hate on that people will say no fats no fans no insert racial or ethnic group here right like and they'll make it very explicit like that's what they're that's what they're not into yeah there's a lot of them that are like yeah especially the no femme part even though like there are people that even fetishize like femininity or fetishize like trans women it's like it's 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 just so weird because a lot of things a lot of the things are like backwards like loving trans women or just loving trans men because they're like "Mm, this is like so this is like this is like caviar like it's kind of weird and it's kind of creepy to some extent um yeah no femmes no fats no racial groups <laughs> um it's kind of mm-hmm. sucky um it, and it usually comes from individuals not to make it a monolith either but it does usually come from individuals that are the majority white people mm-hmm. so i think this helps segue to our next point like the whole latinx culture of it as manny and danny mentioned like it was later on that we kind of became more acquainted and i'm just gonna insert myself here i actually like in middle school was where i first approached the community because i met one girl who was very openly a lesbian and already knew that at 13 and i thought that was awesome for her and i had one boy that he's like you can call me gay all you want because that's what i am and like he owned that so just at 13, 14, like I had, I had the exposure. So there were the questions, but having those conversations at home was very odd. And then obviously when there's people in my family, um, who do identify as homosexual, they're very much, it's hush hush. And I am going to shout out my cousin because he was very open about me mentioning this. He's like, I'm a very manly gay man and I'm proud of it. Like, I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And he says the hard part, the hardest part was not knowing myself, but was, having the conversations in my family and normalizing 
who I was around them. And I had no issues, recently saw him. Um, and I could tell that still in the Latinx culture, people were very much like, oh yeah, cause you know, Moses, like don't make those kind of jokes. Or his mom saying like, yeah, I came to terms with it like a few years ago, it was tough. And thinking, man, like you still love someone. And in the culture, we're here still whispering about people we knew all of our lives. Like, I just feel personally, if the exposure was, was there and if the conversations were had beforehand, it would have been, it would be a much more accepting Latinx culture. Let me just say this. So I have never formally come out to my entire family as a gay man. Um, and let me say that no straight person has to come out <laughs> to any of their family members ever, right? Um, Because they just assume that you're straight. So I've never formally come out to any of my family members except for my mom, um, who I've had to come out to maybe seven times. And to this day, um, recently I went on a trip and my mom was like, oh, your friend looks really great. My friend being my partner that I went on a trip with (laughs) to Montana. And she was like, oh, your friend looks great. And I was like, my partner. And she was like, oh yeah, your partner. And I have told her since I was like 14, 15, that I was like, oh yeah, I kind of like guys. Um, And she was never like, she was never like, oh, I see, yeah, you're gay, haha, yes, let's celebrate. She was very much like, oh, this is just a phase. I know you're gonna like women one day. I know you're gonna like women one day. And like, I came out to her at least like seven times. Um, Every time I was like in the closet to her um, and I would come out to her and she'd be like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure this is what you want? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, don't ask me. I I can't help who I'm attracted to. Um, and then it took probably until I was like 22 and moved away to Boston for me to be like, you know what? I'm actually going to get to know about the queer community and like more and got more and more in depth um, in the LGBTQ like culture. So it's 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 a journey. It's a long journey. And I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, I don't, I haven't yet come out to like my family formally, but they all follow me on Instagram. They all know what I do. I posted pictures of me and my partner currently. I've posted me at pride festivals. Um, Luckily I have a very flamboyant, and I say that with air quotes because that's what everyone else would call him. I have a very flamboyant um, cousin of mine who is much more question, uh, again, quotes, gayer than me. And he takes away all the spotlight from me. Um, And I'm lucky in that sense. Um, Because I don't have to necessarily be the gay cousin, Um, but I am, right? Like, I still am the gay cousin at the end of the day, Um, especially the one that, like, got a a degree, is educated, and the gay cousin. (laughs) So it feels like I'm not even doing that much because I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love your degrees. And I love that you totally went to Boston and you were like, I'm going to explore this side of me. I'm going to be who I am. So love that for you. I'm glad for you. Well, it started in South Florida when I was going out to parties a lot. But it just kind of like got better once I moved out because then I, w- I didn't have to constantly be like, oh, I can't like hide that I'm going to go hook up with a guy now. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no worries. That's, I mean, it's, it's, my, it's my current life. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's a little different. Um, I like felt like I knew I liked men in like when I was like 16. And still, it felt like very much like that kind of like heterosexual standard that's like very much enforced within like Latinx households. Like I like felt pressured to date to date a woman. Like I felt pressured to like do things that felt really uncomfortable because like it was more so the standard that was imposed on me. And so I was, I remember like very distinctly in high school, like walking down the hallway, I was alone and I was like, I feel like men. And I was like, no, you can't like men, blah, 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 blah. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna go about my business. And I didn't come out until college because I didn't, I didn't have the language. I didn't have the exposure. Like no one else in my family was out or is out or like is queer to my knowledge. Like I'm the only queer one that's out and about in my family. So it's interesting because I feel like my parents treated something queerness as like something that's other or that, oh, it's someone else's business. It's not our family business. And then, but then when I came out, it was like, well, it's your business now. Like you got to deal with it because it's not, I'm, I'm your, I'm your child, right? Like I had to be like, this is like, this is directly, this is personal at this point. So I felt like I had to be like, okay, here we are. I'm not even out to my to my like larger family as like a non-binary person because I don't even know if they'll get the concept of what it means to be non-binary and not identify strictly with male or female, right? Like, I feel like that's a concept that I'm gonna have to walk through and take some time to walk that through with them. I felt like queerness was already- You'll have to show them the gingerbread man. Oh my God. Or the, <laughs> yeah. gingerbread, or the, the gingerbread person. Yeah. Let me, let me be correct. <laughs> and as okay. you both mentioned, I think at the end of the day, it really is nobody's business. I mean, like as a straight person, I'm not going out and telling people like what I do with my business, with my partner. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's sad in a sense. And I'm sorry that, you know, you all have to go through that secrecy and, you know, what is it okay? What is too much to say and post and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a very personal experience for everyone, straight, gay, lesbian, queer. Um, There's no right way, right? It's just whatever feels right to you is what I've learned with, you know, friends of mine and, and, and family members as well. And not only yeah. that you guys have to deal with like the secrecy, but you guys don't have that support. You guys didn't, both of you guys shared a similar experience. So you didn't have that support from your family. Who did you guys, re- who was your support system at that time? Or was it a very like alone time until you got to a certain point where you were comfortable enough to be in that space? I was going to say, there's a term that I like to use a lot of the time where it's like, you have like your, like people will say like biological family, like your direct family. And then like you'll have like your intentional family, like people who you have, like you might not be related to by blood, but you have a very, very strong familial connection with that you know that you can depend on. I was really lucky at the time in even navigating like what my identity was that I had people that I could be like, actually, this is who I think I am. And then be able to be like, okay, like, cool. Like in a sense of being like, it's okay. Like it's not a big deal. So I feel like in that, like, I was very lucky to be able to have a couple of select few folks, like, be able to come out to and then feel normal enough to have it be a part of, like, my everyday identity to be able to, like, showcase and be like, oh, this is who I am and it's a part of who I am. Yeah, I have cousins. I have, especially the gay cousin that I have, I'm very close with him to some extent um, because we're obviously the only, the two gay people in the family that, like, we can go out together and like, it doesn't matter because our parents aren't watching. My, my mom isn't watching. None of our moms are watching. We can just go and be gay and be happy. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for him because he like paved the way for me. Um, but then I also like confide a lot in like my closest cousins cause I'm an only child. So I confide a lot in my closest cousins and they always, like whenever I found that I was gay, I was like, yeah, like I have a boyfriend or whatever. And they were like, oh my God, cool. Like, I pre- like thanks for telling me. That's so um, sweet. And, it, and they would be happy about it. Um, I actually had an uncle who was like, who would always be like, do you like vagina? And I was like, I'm not answering this. I'm literally 12. Like, <laughs> That's oh my so God. straightforward. What? Oh, yeah. And like, like, bless his soul. He in jail right now. But. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I did not know. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> but that's above you now. <laughs> Bless his soul. He's in jail right now. He getting out soon. I appreciate him. I know he like helps. He's like supporting me from from jail. <laughs> <laughs> in ways that he can <laughs> right he's like he's like oh is angel like into rainbows now and we're just like yeah yeah and he's like oh i love that for him um but like it's just funny because he would be like he would, put, he would impose impose he would impose his very like straight um masculine like things onto me and i would just be like uh and now he loves this for you. That's great. And now he's like, he's like, oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he has his pride flag up in his in his cell right now. Oh my god. So you all shared a lot of personal stories, and I really like the perspective you're giving us because it's with these stories and this information that we can build a better generation. But we do have to pay respects to kind of like the people who paved the way till today. And I think it's really important that we don't really learn about LGBTQ plus history. Like everyone essentially knows about Stonewall, but there's a few more things or a few more events that we probably should know molded today, the modern day. And then also there's still rights fighting for, right? Yeah. Um, so Stonewall. So I'm going to quote this book. Wait, I'm reading that. wait, wait, Anthony, who died at Stonewall? Wait, People died at Stonewall? Nobody, Nobody died, died at Stonewall, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a meme where <laughs> it's so a this is a queen. reference from a drag a, a RuPaul drag race meme where one of the drag queens was like, People died at Stonewall. And someone's like, Nobody died at Stonewall. And she's like, Nobody died at Stonewall. <laughs> and then they're like, No, nobody died at Stonewall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, did someone die at Stonewall? Right? No, no. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so wait, they were, were they were just violent riots, or or were they not violent? I'm confused now. Oh, okay. So let's yeah. get into the let's get yes. into the let's Stonewall go riots. let's go. I'm too excited. So Stonewall. So in 1969, um, there was a police raid at an LGBT venue called the Stonewall Inn in New York City, it's and then that. Open. It is so open. It's uh, it's like modern history, right? Like people go there and pay their respects. Like people will be like, this is where like, right, gay and queer liber liberation happened. So that led to demonstrations over time called the Stonewall Riots, which then led into the queer liberation movement that we know that we know today that led to gay rights. It's like a whole gay and queer history timeline. So I think like it, it's also important to acknowledge that like right it was it was queer and trans black and brown activists that led the way for us. And let's give them names, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Mm-hmm. They were part. What is it? it? They were part of Star. No, yeah, like they were part of Star, but they're like the two prominent figures that were in. Um, they were the two prominent figures of the Stonewall riots, right? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera were two trans women or two, you know, queer women um, of color that were very important in the queer liberation movement. Because um, mm -hmm. because Marsha P. Johnson was the first one to stole the to throw a stone at Stonewall. Mm -hmm. They threw the first brick. Um, I think it's important to recognize that, like. It's also important to acknowledge, like they were, they were trans, like sex workers, like right, like sex work is such a prominent part of our queer community. It's important to acknowledge, like sex work is work. They founded an organization called, uh, it's currently, it's so excuse, excuse the term, but it's uh, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. Then it was then changed to Street Transgender Action Revolutionaries. So I think it's just important to consider and give names to that. 
And then I think that also that also leads to like right further activism and development, especially as the HIV AIDS crisis hit in the 80s. And then that led to further groups called Queer Nation. There's also ACT UP, which was the AIDS coalition to unleash power that did so much queer activism, especially when our government, like right, like prominent political figures at the time didn't even want to acknowledge HIV and AIDS as it was affecting a lot of men who have sex with men and a lot of transgender folks like People really took to the streets and were like, we need to do something about it. And I want to take a second to point out the fact that, like, the first few cases of HIV were found in the early 1980s. So, like, I think back to 1981, um, around 1985 is when they first, the, it's, about, it's been about 40 years since the first, like, it's called the MMWR from the CDC. They put out um, an article about five gay men in LA having pneumocystis pneumoniae, which is like a, which is a, opportunistic infection that infect that happens to people that do have HIV um and it took from like 1985 it took 10 years to find to, to find like a good treatment for HIV and we're we're in 2021 and we still don't have a vaccine we can talk about how COVID has been around for a year and a half maybe right or a year and a few months and we already have a vaccine for it because they put a lot of money into it so HIV research and HIV vaccinations um haven't been like HIV treatment has been like found it is good it works um but HIV vaccinations has not been the same as COVID granted it's more complicated than that but like it's very important to remember that HIV and AIDS was like a very big thing of this community um and if we didn't have HIV and AIDS you can think about how many more queer people we would have had today in age we would have had more drag queens um we would have had like a culture a bigger culture and we would have probably had a bigger movement um if HIV and AIDS didn't come along, but unfortunately it did. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that HIV AIDS was categorized as an epidemic back then. I don't know if it still is now, but it, so it, it was. was like- so HIV and AIDS was considered a pandemic as well. Um, it's still considered an epidemic because it's still going on. Um, if you look at the numbers in South Florida, and I know all this because this is the, literally the work that I do, um, and it started in South Florida, 4,000 people in South Florida get diagnosed with HIV a year. So, and so does Texas, New York, California. Um, there are ways of preventing HIV. Um, and it's not as complicated as people think it is, but um, it there is ways of co- preventing HIV. There are still many, many people getting infected or that are living with HIV um, just because it's a virus and you pass it along through sex and people don't use condoms and that's okay. Um, but it is something that's still prominent in a lot of different places, especially the South of the United States. Thank you for informing us. And like, you totally look like a boss right now, just explaining everything so casually and pulling numbers out of your head. Like that was excellent. First of all, go you for knowing that to a T you are a true professional. (laughs) I try, I try. Um, it's literally, I've been in these, I've been in training and training and training after training about this kind of stuff, um, since I was like 20. So and I'm 20 and now I'm 25. So like it's 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 in my brain, like deep in there. <laughs> Anthony, you mentioned that the Stonewall riots kind of ignited or initiated the queer liberation movement. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that what it's commonly known as? And it started right around that time. And do you think it's that's something that's still going? Like, how do you guys define that movement? Hmm. I think like i would say like people probably refer to like queer liberation like probably under the umbrella of gay rights but like 
gay rights movements have been around like for a long time i think there was a homophile movement beforehand and then right like there's always like i think the reason why it came to such a head was because of the violence because of police raiding because people were tired at this time there's still legislation that you couldn't sleep with other people right you couldn't sleep with another man you couldn't identify as transgender there was like i think it was important to recognize that there were no repercussions for people that like could enact violence or that like, right, there were no repercussions for police. I mean, there still are no repercussions for police today, but that's another story. But I think the other thing is just to acknowledge, like, right, like, this is this was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back at this point, right? Like, this is really what led to further development and further organizing. Yeah, if you want to check out a really kind of cool movie we watched the other day, it's called Boys in the Band, which is uh, actually, um, it's a screenplay that was, like, the first screenplay ever to have, like, queer men in it. And they show like what it was like to be a queer man in like the 1950s or 60s or 70s. Um, the the lead one of the actors from The Big Bang Theory is in it. Um, Shelton Sheldon. That's the character's what, name, I think. The character's <laughs> name, but that 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 actor is in the movie, and um, they do a really good. It shows a lot of like how different it is from today and back then. Um, and me and Anthony were blown away by it. So that goes to my point. Um, how do what's the best way for people to educate themselves? What are some topics that we should Google? You know, everyone says, "Oh, just pick up a book or read." But what are some of your trusted sources? What are some things that we could link to on our Instagram so people can be more familiar with Instagram accounts, guides, etc. So I would definitely plug in the first thing that we got all of the definitions from, which is not to plug in our job, not to plug in our, our health center. Um, but they do have a Fenway Health Guide um, that has like a glossary of terms um, that you can use. And we can link that um, wherever we post this. Um, Anthony actually has a bunch of queer books that he reads. Um, so I'm going to let him talk about those. Yeah, so the one I'm reading right now is called uh, Queer Graphic History. So if you're like, for me, at least like when I'm trying to really read into content, sometimes I do better with pictures. And it's a really cool way to learn about queer history, queer theory. So I will definitely plug that one in. There's also another one that I want to try and read called A Queer History of the United States that highlights prominent queer figures throughout time. Um, there's also one if you're interested in queer and trans health, um, because that's what I'd like to study. Um, it's called um, The Remedy and it's queer and trans voices in healthcare as well. But of course there are prominent organizations all over the place. There's Human Rights Campaign, I'm sure if we, I'm sure if we give a quick people, we could be like, yeah, yeah, queer organizations. A lot of them are doing great work in the sense of they're tracking active hate legislation. They're tracking a lot of different, like, I think one of the most prominent things is like they're tracking how many trans and gender non-conforming women have died, or gender non-conforming folks have died this year due to violence. I think like it's important because we don't, our current structures don't collect that data, right? It's all through community that is able to be like, I knew that person that died because there are countless others who aren't reported, right? So I think it's important to recognize like there are, there are resources out there. There are on the ground folks that are doing this work each and every day to be able to give more light and visibility to folks. Right, and at, and at the intersection of, you know, Latinidad and being queer, um, there are definitely a lot of prominent figures that I can think of or like that I've that I know of that I don't know that I look up to in, to some extent. Like, right, we can talk about Ricky Martin. We can talk about, 
um, other prominent gay, gay or queer individuals, but there's some that stick out to me recently that I've just been exploring. So Valentina, if you like entertainment, checking out RuPaul's Drag Race is very good in all senses, no, no matter if you are Latin, Latino, queer, white, gay, straight, anything like that. Um, it's really fun to watch, so it's entertaining. But Valentina in season nine is just someone that like wears their Latinidad on their like their sleeve, and I've I'm enjoying watching them um on their season right now. They are also non-binary. Um, Pablo Vitar, if y'all don't know Pablo Vitar, they are like the queen of Brazilian funk and pop music. Um, and they also represent like obviously the LGBTQI community. Um, they're like the most famous like drag queen aside from RuPaul, um, because Braz because Brazil has such a large like drag community or like queer community, um, since Brazil is like the fourth largest country in the world. Um, and then there's Curly from Better Like, which if y'all work in news and in journalism, <laughs> Better Like is like is like fun for Latinidad and everything like that. Um, they're a queer Central American um that works in LA um and I really enjoy their videos um can't think of anything else that's fun and queer and entertaining <laughs> besides me and Anthony <laughs> <laughs> so you all gave such great information so far I'm really hoping that people take advantage of some of the resources you shared especially things that are easily added to your feed remember y'all like I said in the last episode like use that algorithm it'll do the work for you but right now, I pulled a few straight friends and asked them if you had the opportunity to ask anyone in the LGBTQ plus community something without getting punched in the face, what would you ask? And Danny and Manny and I also had this discussion. So Angel and Anthony have so graciously agreed to answer questions however they choose to, which could include a or straightforward not. answer or not. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start Thank with, uh, we call it rainbow season. How do you all feel about rainbows during Pride Month and company logos? And unicorns. And pandering. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to go first? Anthony is nodding his head. I, I am queer every single day of this year. I'm queer every single month of this year. So it is not, a, not enough to just get a month. Like, I'm sorry, rainbow capitalists. Like, I know that you want your coin. I know that you want your rainbow beer. But like it is not enough. Don't make us queer people pay for stuff. Pay us. Pay us for our for our well being, for our safety, for our services, right? Like I think that's the biggest thing. Like, right? It's so like it's so like in your face, right? Every pride season we see the same logo changes, like to the point where there's TikToks about them. And like it's funny to laugh about. And I'm always like, ha ha ha, rainbow capitalism. But like at the same time, I it's like right, like we have like we have these corporations. I think that are like so outwardly like accepting, but then have worker policies that actively discriminate against queer and trans people, right? So like they're they're talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. I mean, it's like there's the whole thing about like AT and T and Air American Airlines, um, giving money to like anti-trans, anti-queer, um legislation or all these things and they still have a pride flag up or like they still have a pride logo what like where where does that make sense where does that make sense <laughs> anthony like, shout out for teaching me a new word rainbow capitalism i'm gonna i'm gonna start dropping that in my daily conversation <laughs> don't buy it but it's, it's rainbow capitalism no it's true it's true yeah, like that's crazy I, I get i get it like the flag the, the flag has significance right especially with the new flag design like being more inclusive 
and like including black, uh, black and brown folks as well, as well as acknowledging those who have died from the HIV AIDS epidemic. Like, I think it's such a great push, but at the same time, like when it's diluted so, so much to the point where like we associate it with pride season, like I think that's when we gotta like take a step back and reevaluate what this actually means. So so this one is kind of, I think, controversial or very, I don't know if ignorant is the word, so pardon me if it comes out wrong, but I know that in terms of the self-discovery process, I know there's like a lot of misconceptions when it comes to this, like if you're born this way or if you can all of a sudden start liking like a different gender or or just identify yourself as queer, um, are you born this way? Or is it on a case-by-case basis? So I don't think there's, like, a full consensus on either, right? So, like, it's more complicated than either of those. Um, I recently had a conversation with someone um, from work, and they were like, yeah, I... I was never gay. I was never gay. I am. I am a. I have been a straight man my whole life. But I started hooking up with my part with my roommate during quarantine, and oh, now I consider my. Now I don't know what I. Now I don't know what I am. And I'm like, well, one thing is you don't like have to choose, right? Like, there's no reason. There's like no need to label yourself as anything. Um, if anything, he's just a man who enjoys and attracts other men. Um, was he born that way? I can't tell you. There's no real gay gene. Um, did he learn to be gay? Some people would say yes. Some people would say no. But it's it's not that easy. It's not just like, oh, I woke up this morning and I'm like, I want to go put a penis in my mouth or I want to go and like have sex with a man. Um, it's it's about like, it's it's all a journey. What I was telling them is like, it's all a journey. Like if at some point in time you're like, you know what? Men look really hot today to me. I'm going to go have sex with a man. Go ahead and do it. Like, it's it's less about, like, my behavior is this or I was born this way. It's just more like everyone's on their own journey. You're going to figure it out when you're a teenager or not. If you figure it out later on in life, that's fine. But being gay is not as simple as, is there a gay gene or did I learn to be this way? Does that make it? Does that make sense? Anthony, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm just confused in terms of like, I guess what we would consider as like experimenting, like I feel like some people go through like an actual phase where they just want to try something new versus like actually like sticking with oh, you know, like I, I really do maybe only like one type of gender, so to speak, or like I like anyone because I identify with souls and not like the body or the gender. Um, because I have heard a lot of like that, uh, like those types of cases. And so. I think that's where the self-identifying, that, that's where I think the self-identifying piece comes in again. It's just, if you identify that you like this certain thing, that is all power to you to choose whatever you decide. Um, there's no other way to put it. There's like no other way to, experimenting is experimenting. But if you don't like it, you're you're just learning something new about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, I I think to amplify Angel's point, like there's no one like right cause. I think you had mentioned the gay gene. People are trying to figure out if there's like some biological cause behind like being gay or being queer. But like I really think it's like really like as Angel's saying, like it's all a journey. Like right, like I didn't even perceive other gay people until I was 16, right? Like and now here I am, right? Like it really can depend on person to person. Thank you for that holistic answer, because yeah. I feel like that is a common question mm-hmm. or a common assumption people just slap onto the community. Manny, you it's... had a question. Okay, I do have some questions. I have two. 
there's rapid fire. I'm going to, uh, the first one's a rapid fire. The other one, I, it's a little more nuanced. So the first one, it's just a random question I had. Obviously we knew we were going to record this. And I thought to myself, is it okay to be like happy pride or have someone text you happy pride? Is that a thing? Or is that offensive? I don't know. They're giving me blank stares. <laughs> oh no. I think we were just looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, just- like- they're like, how I do don't... we enter this nicely and politely? <laughs> no, no, it's not even like that. Like, I, I, I would, if anyone, if anybody came to me and they were like, "Happy Pride," um, I would be like, "That's that's great. Like, thank you so much. Like, I'm so happy that you're like celebrating with me. Please celebrate me. Please send me money. Um, <laughs> send me money. <laughs> um, but it 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 depends on the context again. Mm. Um, so for example, if you have a friend who's closeted, and let's talk about like if you're a teenager and you're closeted and your parents don't know, right? Like, if someone's a teenager and they're texting their friend Happy Pride and their parents go to their phone, you don't they don't want to be outed. That's right. the only context that I'm thinking where it's kind of a, an issue. Um, also, if you're you know, and if you're an adult and your parents don't know that you're you're gay, and for whatever reason they come to your house and they're like Happy Pride, and your parents are like. Right. <laughs> you'll you don't want to put them in an awkward position so right. obviously if it's like your close friend if you know they're gay if you know they're queer and you want to be like happy pride they're probably gonna love it. it but it also depends on how open they are to it because there's a lot of gay men who have a lot of internalized homophobia there's a lot of queer individuals that might not want to be celebrated for being queer because it's just not the normal but that's what we're trying to do with pride right it's just like be accepting be loving to to the ideas um, of being queer. I think we all made the mistake of thinking these were going to be rapid fire questions, but they're so much (laughs) more nuanced than we all thought. And my, my other question is, and this is an argument I had my girlfriend and maybe this is just me being ignorant. And then she was like correcting me on it. And I thought um, people who perform drag, they have like different personalities as in like they have different characters i don't know if that's the right word i'm sorry if i'm offending anybody i know they're not alter egos it's more like how many characters do they portray like my girlfriend was saying oh it's just they're exclusive to one and this is the one that they always do that's a question for a drag queen yeah okay fair fair Um, fair guys if you want somewhat of an answer um i'm not in the business to tell a drag queen how many characters she can have or they can have um and i'm not in the business of I'm not in the business of gatekeeping or girl bossing or gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Fair answer. That's, that's, a, that's a good answer. It doesn't, none of my business. I got it. <laughs> Copy. <laughs> okay. So I have another question that I thought was really sweet that a friend asked because it came from such a innocent place. They're saying how, if someone comes out to you, like, is it okay to get them a gift? Is it okay to normalize that? Like normalize celebrating someone coming out not, or, or how do you more like, instead of just accepting it and to asking them to talk, like, how do you celebrate it? And I thought that was a worthy question to ask for this episode. I'm just thinking like, if I, if someone's like, oh, I got you a gift, like, it would be so sweet. I think it's like the intention behind it. I think like, I think to what Angel was saying earlier, like, right, like, there's always at risk for someone to be outed. And I think that should be done with discretion. And I think that's something that, right, it depends on the person. But I think if it was like a very close and trusted friend, I'd be like, that's so sweet. And thank you for being so intentional and like, 
trying to give me space because that that person who might be coming out might not have enough space i think like the other thing i also like and it's like it's like a nuanced thing right like but also like coming out of the closet like it shouldn't be such a huge event right like like as angel said earlier like straight people don't have to come out right it's just assumed and so i feel like the other part of it is like i feel like part of me is like oh it's so sweet and also i feel like that effort should be directed towards like normalizing identities altogether i don't know if that makes sense but i wouldn't i wouldn't I wouldn't want someone to give me a gift the first, like the first week I came out ever to anybody because it was probably very emotional. It was probably tied to a lot of, to maybe some trauma. If it's some, if you're going to give someone a gift for coming out to you, it should be someone who's super fun and queer, who loves their queerness. And you're like, oh my God, you just came out to me. Let's go out to dinner. Let's go get a drink. I love that you just told me I'm down for this. (laughs) Like to really, truly celebrate you and like your friendship or whoever that relationship is to you but not necessarily to like give you a gift because like highlighting uh, yeah yeah right right i would rather highlight the friendship that i was able to come out to rather than me just coming out because i have to do it all the time i Mm -hmm. I have to be careful of how, how i do it as well so it's it's complicated but like if a, if I come if I've never come out to a person and I come out to them at once like at some point it's because I trust them right it's a, it's a sign of trust um and if they want to celebrate that with me like 100% I'm going to be like yeah buy me food <laughs> <laughs> I have one last question for you guys um what are some changes you would like to see politically and socially speaking i mean we talked a little bit about stonewall that happened in 69 that's like a continuous thing but when would you say like when do you think you would feel like at ease with like being completely yourself around every single person whether you know them or not like when when will the lgbtq community feel like they're equal i don't know if it's about being equal right I don't think it's about like assimilating into the norm. I think for me at least it means like come take me as I am and take me as a take me as this whole person. Because I think like and that includes like the most vulnerable of our community, right? The folks who are at risk of homelessness or are currently experiencing homelessness, people who are experiencing food insecurity, people who are kicked out of their homes and might have to go to other means for survival, right? That's when I'll like when we can stably support those folks and we can stably come together, that's when I'll feel like we're at some sense of like stability. But I think like one big phrase that I think has been used, uh, particularly on Trans Day of Remembrance, is like give us our roses while we're still here, right? Like don't give us, our, don't give people roses as people have passed. Like love and nourish people, especially trans people, and support them while they're still alive. And I think that's the biggest thing for for me at least. That's like. My big, like, that's my little bug. I was, I have a different perspective, kind of, um, but it's kind of against the question. So that question is kind of like asking, like, how are we going to have reparations for people of color, specifically Black people? Like, how are we supposed to pay that back? How are we supposed to, when do, it's like, it's like for gay people, you would want to do something great for them to, like, make sure they're comfortable. But, like, for people of color, it's kind of just, it's it's the same thing. It's the same question. Like, how how, how do we make this better? Um, it's too late. <laughs> History has already made it, like, awful for people of color. History has already made it, like, it's it's more it's more than just that. It's, like, beliefs. It's history. It's, it's, it's like, 
the attitudes behind it all. Like we can't change every person's um, perspective on being queer or black or their hatred towards anything. So it's not as easy as just like changing a policy. Um, I wish it could be right, but like it's never gonna be like the super normal. Unless you move to Boston, because to some extent, it's a little queer. It's a little queer up here. I'm going to, I get, I would get, I've been hate, actually, no, I've been hate crime here twice. Um, and I was never hate crime in Miami. Um, but I would definitely um, feel like I'm going to be hate crime more in Miami, if that makes sense. <laughs> wow. I think this is a common theme that we explore. I mean, when we did the, our Black Lives Matter episode, I think you guys, even though you guys even though it's a little, you guys have different viewpoints, it almost feels like the fight isn't over as a lot of social justice issues that we explore here on the podcast and that we stand on shoulders of giants and, you know, the work isn't done and we're here to push the needle just a little bit further. And thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. So to end the podcast, I have one last question. What's the best way for people to show solidarity? Hey, like really like show direct aid and support donate to local trans and queer organizations particularly run by people of color i think like be able to show solidarity and know your place especially if you're attending pride events i think is a big big thing see if there are mutual aid efforts in your area i think like the biggest thing is like right like working towards salon policy and structural change and working to undo these societal norms that have caused such harm towards people is important but that doesn't change the fact that someone might be experiencing homelessness tonight, right? That doesn't change the fact that people might be experiencing food insecurity tonight. So as much as like, like right thoughts and prayers are great, and it's important to say like, I love gay people or I love so-and-so identity, I think it's important to actually extend a helping hand and be like, how can I directly support you? And ask that question, right? Ask the question to different queer and trans people in your life. Ask them, what is it that I can do to better show you support? And what is it that you need from me as a person who wants to show you love and support? Because sometimes the answer might look different for different people. So I think, I think like, right, like money's great, right? Money gets shit done, right? Money can get people housed. Money can start movements. So I think that's one big thing. But I think the other thing, the other thing is to actually ask, like I think, how, how you all are asking now. I think, um, I think to piggyback, to piggyback backflip, Onto that question, um, if you were a 16-year-old and your parents were like, I don't want you in this house anymore, you need to move out, I'm not giving you any money, I'm cutting you off because of who you liked, give them, give that person what you would have given to yourself. <laughs> and that would be money, that would probably be a home, that would be in any way or form, just like try to make, try to make that person feel like they're important. I don't know how else to say that and not be so vague, but there are kids, there are LGBTQ people that get kicked out of their home, that don't, that are experiencing homelessness, that have to do sex work, that have to do a bunch of different things to survive. Um, and money is important. Money, money essentially rules the world. Unfortunately, that's why there's rainbow capitalism. So yeah, I would just sit in some, sit in a 16 year old LGBTQ person's shoes, and. Think about what they would use, what they would need, and give it to them. <laughs> Great answers. That's actually really put a lot into perspective. Is there anything you all want to say? Any last words? Any final comments? <laughs> <laughs> good one. Good one. I was one. so hoping for that. <laughs>
um i want to say thank you so much to the three of you hosts from oh yeah let's talk um for allowing us to come and share our identities who we are um how we present ourselves our experiences and um the love that we have for the queer community as well as for anyone else um that is a good person um and yeah thank you so much for having us yeah very very similarly i think like for me as for me as a queer Latinx person, I'm having to hide and flip flop between my identities, right? Like when I'm home, I'm more Latinx. When I'm when I'm out here in Boston, I'm more queer. But I feel like in this space, y'all have really allowed me to bring both sides of who I am, like as a whole person. I think that's so important and so validating for other people who might be hearing, right? Like it's okay to be like both. It's okay to like experience and recognize that like you don't have to hide part of who you are. Like you can be, you can be like the whole person that you are. And always remember mm -hmm. that being Latino or Latinx or Latina and being queer are a journey. That's all mm -hmm. I really have to say at the end of it all. It's all a journey. You're going to figure it out at some point um, in the closet, out of the closet, halfway out the closet, one foot out the closet. Um, you're going to get there and your mom can only like tell you what to do when you're at home. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's a real secret. That's a real Get to it. And with that, thank you all for joining us. It's been amazing. And remember, listeners, it's okay to lean in and say, Oye, let's talk about your journey and spread love and acceptance. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome.